The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry, <clears throat> and I'm rolling solo today. Today it's another solo um, episode. Matt Keogh is finishing up his student teaching. And again, he can be, I know he's been popping in and out, but yeah, it is, I don't think people realize, especially when it comes to teaching and student teaching, just how time consuming and how difficult it can be not that it's difficult but it's just it takes a lot of effort energy you're pumping out lesson plans for each individual lesson you're making sure that you know what you do you've got to get your observations right it's tough i mean it's fun it's your it's your first um toe into the deep end of uh profession so you're it it's tough but he's doing he's doing great um he's finishing up i think he's at eden schools now and you know two more weeks and he will be a full-fledged phys ed and health teacher and um then he'll be subbing for sure to get all that experience and hopefully get a job very very soon especially with that teacher shortage out there so he'll be back uh with us in about 2 weeks so that will definitely help things out. And next week, we will have, speaking of people who will be back, we'll have the uh, Maria Colosimo, Gianna Colosimo, and Lola the Tank Norris. They'll be back. Um, the Soccer Girls, they'll be back next week to tell us a little bit about um, this year's Kenmore East Girls Soccer Season. Um, Maria, it'll be her last season as she's a senior, hopefully graduating. And I know she'll be playing at the college level somewhere, just not sure where yet. And they're also stuck with me. These poor three girls, they're stuck with me again during the indoor track and field season as all three of them will be throwing for me. Uh, Gianna will also be running some sort of distance, uh, once she gets back. So they, they are... They're gluttons for punishment. They're stuck with me for the fall season, the winter season, and there's a chance this year they might be uh, doing outdoor track and field season for me as well, where they'll either be dueling for lacrosse and outdoor. So, man, they're they're gluttons for punishment, but that's all right. So they'll be in next week uh, as our guests, and they'll uh, share their stories about that. This episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences for my first ever Bills road game. That's right. Last week, the Bills had a big, well, the last two weeks they were in Detroit, but last week for the Thanksgiving game, uh, this past Thursday, um, we were able to go down. Myself, Vicky, and Sarah went down there. Um, Pete Lepiani, who was our guest last week, 
he was at the game as well, was able to text, uh, didn't get a chance to meet up with them, but texted him a little bit as he was on the other side. Um, found a couple people that I knew that were down there. And, man, first of all, can I tell you, and we'll use this as our coming in hot segment part of it too, but, man, the people of Detroit and the the city of Detroit and just the dome down there, everything was top notch. Like, I know, you know, sometimes Detroit might get that uh, stigma of being a rough-and-tumble city, this and that. Man, it was... The people there were so nice. Um, everything about the city was easy to get around, was just, again, people walking on the streets. Some of the restaurants uh, that we went to, everybody was super friendly. The stand, the, the people in the stadium, the fans, the Detroit Lions fans, top of the line. I mean, there was the section that we were sitting, we were in the corner of the end zone. Uh, there was a big contingent of Bills Mafia, Bills fans down there, which was awesome. But there were um, a few Detroit Lions fans here and there scattered out throughout the uh, throughout our section, and there were a couple right in front of us. And it was just one of those games where it was just so much fun. I mean, just talking back and forth with them. And again, it wasn't trash talking. It was just talking back and forth. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you guys got a good team, but this and that. And, you know, like, all right, you guys are a quarterback away, not sold on Jared Goff. And just, and and this might make me sound a little bad, but in the, I think the Bills at the time, it was 14-7. Um, I didn't realize when the Lions scored their first song, obviously, but because uh, I'd never been to their building, but they have a a cheer or a, a fight song every time they score a touchdown or score a field goal. Something like go lions, go roaring down the sidelines. They have the words on there. So the, <laughs> the couple in front of us, the gentleman in front of us, um, he was with, uh, I'm assuming it was a wife and, uh, a married couple. So, uh, a gentleman who was a bills fan and his wife who were both bills fans and then a married couple um, who were two Lions fans. I think the um, the two in the middle, the connection was brother or sister, maybe. I don't know. But um, they were super cool to talk to all game. And the one gentleman who was a Lions fan when it was 14-7 um, made a bet with me that the next time the Lions scored a touchdown or scored a, a field goal or whatever, got a score, I had to sing the Lions song. And if the Bills scored again, he had to um, sing the shout song as we were we were kind of leading the way for the shout song or um, the Bills make me want to shout. So I made the bet. We made the deal. Sure enough, I made the bet. I didn't think at that point the Bills had kind of gotten gotten rolling. I didn't think that they would the Lions would score again. But sure enough, that second half, they they made it a game and. They scored that touchdown, and sure enough, I was a man of my word. I sing, and he even looked. He's like, I was like, do you know the words? He's like, no, but they're on the jumbo trod, so I sang along with it. It was fun. And then, of course, when the Bills scored, he did the hey. So he did the shout song. He was a man of his word. It was all in good fun. As the game got closer and closer, and it was a fun game, a fantastic game to be around, but as the game got closer, we kind of looked at each other. We're like, Okay, you know, one score, that was it. That was more than enough for each. <laughs> and we just kind of smiled and and but it was it was one of those where again you 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 win, you lose. You, it was just 
it, there was mutual respect there. It was so much fun. Again, no trash talking, but so much fun. Everybody in the crowd cheering. This might be my biased opinion, but I'd say it was probably I'd say it was probably 60, 60 to 70 percent, maybe 65 will split the difference, 65 percent Bill's fans. There was a huge, huge, huge contingent of Bill's fans down there. Bill's Mafia made a great showing, which was super fun. But when the Lions made it close and when the Lions even took the lead, especially towards the end, um, and they tied it up with the field goal, don't get me wrong, the Lions fans had that place rocking too. So I don't want to say that they didn't. The Lions fans definitely made themselves known and they had that place rocking. Um, and it came down to the wire. And it was one of those games, too, especially we, uh, my wife, Victoria, had bought those tickets um, for us, I think, week one or week two. So early on in the season, we bought the tickets. And it was one of those games, especially the way the Bills started the season, where I kind of got, I was like, all right, this is going to be a blowout. Um, do we, we even want to go? Is it going to be as much fun? Is it going to be one of those games where by halftime we're just like, okay, yeah, this is cool. This is fun. But, you know, you got the bench in. You got uh, Case Keenum coming in. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed it wasn't that. But at the same time, I'm so glad it wasn't that because it was just edge of your seat from almost opening to beginning. I mean, the Bills went three and out. Lions scored their first touchdown. Buffalo came back with two to to make it 14-7. And then it was, I mean, you thought the Bills were going to pull away. They didn't. The Lions kept hanging on. They kept making a comeback. They took the lead. Buffalo got it back, took the lead. Buffalo tied it. Or Buffalo took the lead. Detroit tied it. Gave too much time for the, the, the Bills at the end there to to kick that game-winning field goal by Bass. But it was just... A fun game from top to bottom, beginning to end. And let me tell you something. It was so much fun to be in a game at the end of November and not have to wear a jacket, not have to freeze your your butt off in the stadium. The dome was so cool. And don't get me wrong, when when, um, it came out to where Buffalo's getting a new stadium, there was talk about the dome. I was that old guy that, oh, we don't need a dome. You know, we want the snow. We want the weather. We want the elements. You know, when it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. I'm totally flipped. I I want a dome in Buffalo. Man, it was fun and it was cool. I mean, we got there. We got there early. Uh, we, we got into the dome. Um, we got downtown out of the stadium. I don't know if anybody's been there. For those of you who have, there's uh, the Detroit Tigers baseball stadium is right across the street from Ford Field. There's a few different bars down there. You know, we went, we hung out. There was, again, a, there was Bills fans everywhere. So we there there was a little bar um, right across the street from Ford's Field. We hung out there a little bit, had a few Cokes. Um, <clears throat> again, a ton of Bills Mafia there. They kind of took over. So, but we got into the stadium at around, I think we went into the stadium at around 11, 10, 30, 11. Kickoff was at 12, 30. Um, got to our seats, found our seats, super easy to find. And after that, just kind of walked around. Uh, Sarah and Vicky sat in their seats a little bit. We walked around, or I walked around, 
and the dome was just super cool. There was a little stage for where they had fans that can come up and sing karaoke. No, I did not sing. I didn't want to have fans running and screaming outside, leaving because of my voice. But they had karaoke there set up on a, on a big stage. They had a stage further down where they had live music and a band playing. Um, they had interactive stuff uh, to do for the kids and adults. It was just so cool. Even outside the arena, they had zip lines. They had um, different combine events the kids can do where they would time their sprints, time their vertical, or uh, list their verticals. So really cool. Not as many people as I thought would hit that. I mean, uh, you know, for your use of the Bills having a tailgate, and that's why I was we we had stayed the night before, so we drove down there. Maybe four and a, four and a half hour drive wasn't far at all, but we drove down there the night before, got in around eight eight thirty into our hotel. I was a bit of a worry wart. I mean, at eight thirty in the morning, I'm like, all right, come on, we got to go, let's go, let's go, we got to go, we got to go, let's get everything packed, let's get everything ready. So I want to get down to the stadium. I don't want to be late. I don't want to be stuff. And it was we walked down to the stadium. It was maybe a five ten minute walk, uh, super easy. But so we got down there really early. Probably we got down to the stadium itself. I'd say probably around nine thirty, nine forty five. Um, and I kind of look like, all right, sorry, I guess we didn't have to leave this early. But um, I was kind of glad because it gave us a chance to see a, little, uh, a few things. We were down there probably about an hour before they opened up the dome, opened up Ford Field, um, got to walk around a little bit. Uh, we had we were wearing the, our our blue uh, the, the water buffalo hats. The I don't know if you've ever watched the Flintstones, the big blue hats with the horns on the side. So all three of us had those. We had our jerseys on. We had our, I had our, my Zubas on. And it was funny. Uh, Vicky and Sarah made a sign, um, Happy Thanksgiving, Bill's Mafia, you know, a nice, a nice sign or whatever on poster board. And walking down to the stadium, we had just random Bill's fans, random Detroit fans that were asking us for pictures. Um, to take pictures with us and the sign, we stopped off for a Coney Island um, hot dog, a Detroit hot dog, and um, which I had no idea that the Coney Island dog apparently was uh, is a big Detroit thing. We went in there, and the owners taking pictures with us. Everybody's super friendly. It was a ton, a ton, ton of fun. Um, couldn't have asked for a better atmosphere. And I guess Vicky was Vicky and Sarah were even saying while they were sitting in their seats and I was out walking around that both Detroit and Buffalo fans were, were taking their pictures and sitting down next to them with it. So very cool, great atmosphere, and super friendly. And so kudos to the whole city of Detroit, the Detroit Lions organization, the Detroit fans. Again, top-notch, couldn't be any... Couldn't have asked for anything more. Couldn't be any happier with the outcome of the game, with the outcome of just the experience. Let's go. And you know what? I said it to some of their fans down there, and I do mean it. I think they are one or two years away from being where the Bills are or where the Bills you know, um, were last year or two, where they can start being a contender. If they if they do it right, I think they've got some solid young defenders. 
Um, Aiden Hutchinson is no joke. That man is a beast. But they've got um, some good weapons on offense with St. Brown, um, DeAndre Swift, a couple others. I'm not sold on, on Jared Goff. I think he's a quarterback that that isn't going to lose you a game but isn't going to win you a game. Uh, and I think that showed, especially on that last drive where they had to settle for a field goal to tie instead of that touchdown to get them the lead. But it was, uh, I, I think if they do their next couple drafts right, get some free agents, I think, you know, we could be hearing a lot of news from the uh, Detroit Lions in a couple years. And, hey, after the experience I had there, let's go. Detroit, Buffalo, Super Bowl in three, four years. You know, maybe uh, when the Bills are defending after winning the next two in a row, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but kudos to Detroit. And we're going to, we'll keep on the Bills a little bit. Uh, I do want to get into some World Cup and, man, what action tonight from the U.S. But um, the Bills sitting at 8-3 and three, um, after Week 12. Six games left. Again, still nervous but not nervous. Uh, they've got three huge division games coming up with the Patriots this Thursday. So in two days, they've got the Patriots. Then it's nice because they've almost got like a mini buy. You've got that after that Thursday game, you've got that uh, that 10-day uh, rest period so that they'll be able to get ready for the Jets. Von Miller isn't going to be in here for the Patriots game. He's already been ruled out. Hopefully, he will be back by the Jets game. That might be a little little optimistic, but I'm hoping he takes the Jet game off too. Even with that extended that extended uh, three days of rest for the Jets, I don't think he's going to play in the Jet game. My thought is, especially with it being uh, looks like an MCL sprain, maybe an MCL tear, slight tear. But the ACL, it looks like ACL, everything is intact. It doesn't look like it's an ACL tear or sprain. So I'm hoping that it's something where, and he's done it before in his career, I'm hoping it's something that he can just put on a brace um, and finish out the rest of the season from the Miami game on out and into the playoffs. Obviously, if they're able to clinch early, um, you even sit them, maybe rest them again um, for that Cincinnati game or the Patriots game at the end of the year. But these next three games are going to be huge. If they can win out these next three games, I mean, I think that that will pretty much seal the AFC East. We should know, again, especially with Miami, their schedule gets a little tough. They face the 49ers this week, and then I think next week they face or the week after that, I believe they face the Chargers. I think it's the Chargers, the Niners, Chargers, and then, of course, they've got the Bills. Could very easily be a three-game, the start of a three-game losing streak. I mean, if the Bills win all their games and Miami loses their next three, which against the Niners, they're no slouch against uh, the L.A. Chargers. Who knows what Charger team you're going to get, but I think Herbert is starting to you know, at least find his rhythm in, and he's got Keenan Allen back. So he could do some damage there too. And they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives. Um, and then obviously, hopefully we can get that win. So, 
you know, you're talking Miami can go from first to, you know, outside and Buffalo can really put, if they get these three wins, really put a stranglehold on that AFC East title. Again, at that point, you're still looking for Kansas City to slip up once. You're really looking for, it's going to come down to, can Kansas City slip up one game, just lose one, and the Bills are going to have to win out. After the three division games, they'll have, I believe it's Chicago, then Cincinnati, um, and then they'll have the Patriots one more. So they've got four division games, one uh, conference game, one non-conference game. So the Bills, a schedule that they very easily, I, well, I wouldn't say very easily, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they win out the last six games and finish with that 14-3 and record. But is that going to be good enough? Because I could very easily see Kansas City winning out and finishing at that 15-2 and mark as well. Good news is if that happens, Instead of Buffalo going down there for a divisional game, it would be Buffalo going down there for the AFC Championship game. Again, I'm not worried about any other team meeting any team in the playoffs. If we, especially if Miami has to come here in the playoffs, we smoke them. Tennessee already smoked them, not worried about them again. Baltimore, especially if they'd have to come down here, not worried about them in the least. Um... Not worried about anybody else. Again, if we have to go to Kansas City, whether it's divisional, whether it's uh, AFC championship, not wouldn't go there scared, but would definitely rather have that game here. And I very well think it could be. Not entirely sure. In fact, I'll... Look up Kansas City's schedule now. I think they had one or two um, losable games. I don't know. Games that you wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Totally surprised if they lost. I mean, they are just, they're just, they're, they're a juggernaut. And they're rolling and barring any injuries. I think with them, as long as Mahomes and Kelsey don't get hurt. I mean, if Mahomes is the big one, but I think if he loses Kelsey, I think then you can see them in trouble because both of Kelsey is such a big part of their offense. In fact, Kansas City's remaining schedule, I mean, could they lost to the Bengals last year? Could lose to the Bengals. Denver, I think they'll roll. Houston, they'll roll. I don't see them losing to Seattle. Maybe, maybe if Seattle's, you know, um, if Geno Smith can can have a game, he's had a great season. Um, so maybe Seattle on that week 16. And again, don't see them losing to uh, the Denver again on week 17 and Den- and the uh, Raiders, Vegas Raiders on the 18th. So, you know, if Cincinnati, it's in Cincinnati. Who knows if the weather's going to be, the weather might be a little rough. So who knows, maybe if Joe Burrow, he's won his last two against Kansas City. So if Joe Burrow and the Bengals, if you guys want to do us a huge favor and knock off the Chiefs next week. In fact, if Buffalo, Buffalo could be back in first place after this Sunday, first place overall in the AFC. 
if obviously they have to beat New England. Uh, the 49ers would obviously have to beat Miami. And if Cincinnati can beat Kansas City, that gives Buffalo back the number one seed and they control their fate. So, Cincinnati, we need you to come up big. And then that game against, that game with Cincinnati against um, Buffalo. If Cincinnati beats, if Cincinnati beats Kansas City this Sunday, then that week 17 matchup Monday night versus the Bills. That would be huge. That might be a game Monday night. Maybe I make a road trip down to Cincinnati, but that would be a huge game. You're talking that would be the game for the number one seed. All that said, who knows if it's going to, who knows, who knows? Let's get through this week first. Like every coach says, let's get, let's take it. Let's stay undefeated a week at a time, one week at a time, go one and oh. All right. So that's a little, we're going from football Americana to real football. Of course, I'm talking the world cup. And just hours ago, the United States earlier today was able to secure the their spot in the round of 16, the knockout stage, as they beat Iran one nothing. And I'm tired of everybody saying, oh, it's a 0-0 game, a one nothing game, it's boring, it's boring. That game was exciting, especially the second half. I mean, there were, especially with, I think it was in the last 10 minutes, there were Two solid chances that Iran had that they could have tied that game up, um, especially where the one it went through the goaltender's legs and didn't have enough steam at the end of the net, and the uh, center back had to make the big clear. Great game. Great game from top to bottom. I would have liked to see the U.S. open it up a little bit more in the first half and go on the attack a little bit more. They had good pressure, just didn't finish the attack even in the second half or first half there was a goal that was called back from offsides whatever I mean it's to the point instant replay I mean he was he was a half an inch offsides at best but that was called back but there was a play um three or four minutes before that U.S. came down on a little bit of an odd man break uh, three on two, three on three. They had the attack. They had the space. Tried to get too cute with it in the 18. Really made one or two extra passes when it should have been a shot on net or could have hit a trailer coming in on the outside. Didn't put it in the back of the net. And again, it's it's stuff like that where you let a team hang around long enough and you get beat by them. And Iran didn't need a win if Iran had scored. At any point in that game and tied it up at 1-1, it's Iran going on and not the U.S. As the Wales as Wales got beat by England, so England finished last in the um, in the group. But if Iran had gotten a tie, that would have given Iran five points. The U.S. would have been in third with three. England, of course, won the group with seven. And it would have been U.S. We would have been talking. We would have been talking about them having a 
another or having a very disappointing World Cup. But instead, they go on and they will face Netherlands in the opening round of the knockout stage. It's going to be tough sledding. Netherlands, a very solid team. The Dutch, a very good, solid uh, national team. And it could be another one where it could be, in fact, it's probably going to be a one nothing, 2-1. Could be a 0-0 game in the knockout stage. You go into overtime and then PKs, I believe. So it could come down to the bitter end. Um, U.S., it looks like Pulisic was able to escape after he scored his goal. He got injured, looked like he was able to for the most part at this point, escape serious injuries, so he should be available. It's going to be fun. Uh, they play Saturday. I think it's at noon. I'm not sure exact time, but it looks like it's going to, I believe it's going to be at noon on Saturday. And again, it's going to be one of those games where it's, I I, I mean, this is, this should come to no surprise. I'm a huge soccer person. Played it my whole life, coached it um, for many, 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 many years now. Um, and it's um, it's one of those where I, it's a chess match a lot of times. It's a chess match and it's, you want to, you've got to know when to be, Aggressive. You've got to know when to stay back. You've got to know when to push your midfield, push your defense up when you're pressing for a goal. You've got to know where to... It's just there's so many subtle nuances to the game that I don't think your casual fan even realizes. So nothing about the World Cup is ever boring. I tell you what, the only thing I hate, and we talked a little bit about this with Pete... Um, last week, I just, I wish these guys wouldn't fall down every single time they are touched. It just makes them look, it makes the sport looks like it's played by a bunch of wimps at times, which it's not. And I get it. You want to sell, you want to try to get a card, get a foul, get something drawn. And man, talk about letting them play the referees. And I know towards the second half, they, uh, uh, I think Iran got two cards, but man, they were in that first half. They were letting a lot of aggressive play go through. So it was, it was, but it wasn't getting a little chippy. But it was definitely there was some, there was stuff that was could have been called either way. Nothing in the box, um, and man, that would have been heartbreaking if. Um, that would have been heartbreaking if the United States, or even if Iran, got ousted on penalty shots. So I'm glad it didn't come to that. But it's it was a good, solid game by both teams. So yes, I'm trying to look here to, uh, to see when the U.S. looks. They are they are playing on Saturday. I just don't see what the time is yet but i'm sure whenever it is it's going to be it's going to be a great game again the dutch just uh 
they went through they went through their round um finished with a two nothing victory yesterday against uh the home country uh cutter but it was it's going to be a lot of fun so and that's one thing that's my that's my bucket list item i would love to make it to a world cup and i'm hoping that the next world cup um that comes to the united states in 2026 uh it's going to be split between the us canada and mexico i'm really hoping to score some kind of tickets i again if it's an italian man italy better get their stuff together and qualify for that one they can't lose um they can't lose or not qualify for three World Cups in a row. I didn't think they'd qual- miss qualification for one. But it's um, it would be fun just to see any games. Yeah, Netherlands went two, two wins and one draw for seven points. They topped Group A. Senegal had a great showing. They're going to qualify as well. They went two and one uh, with six points. So Netherlands and Senegal will go from group A Ecuador Ecuador I thought Ecuador had a solid world cup showing but one win one draw one loss four points not enough to get them out and Qatar didn't have much of a chance um in fact they had a minus 6 goal differential and they finished with zero points and 0 and 3 record England of course with group B they finished with a two-win, one-draw. That draw against the United States, which proved to be huge. So they advance. In fact, they will play Senegal, I believe. Um, the United States will go against Netherlands, the Group A winner. As U.S. comes out of that with five points. Iran, three points. And a shocking, big victory against Wales. And they had a solid showing against the United States, which was surprising because the way they started their World Cup, they lost 6-2 to England in that opening game. And so other than that, in the last two games, Iran really had a solid showing um, in that World Cup. Other groups still, um, Group C through H, still haven't finished yet. So you've got Poland and Argentina on top of those. Um, Argentina with their big win against Mexico to get to that three mark. So that that whole group still intact. Um, Mexico even at the bottom of that group right now with one point. If they are able to pull off, which they are capable of, but if they can pull off that win, I believe they have Poland next. If they pull off that win, they can squeeze into the next round still. France is already through. They're officially through in Group D as they're on top with six points. Um, Australia is with three. Denmark with one. Tunisia with one. So that second spot still up for grabs. Spain and Japan right now in the top of Group E with Croatia actually tied. Germany, surprisingly, an 0-1-1 record. Germany in big Time trouble in this World Cup 
And that is shocking. As Germany had, they had the big um, one or two one loss against Japan to open it up. They were able to come back and tie against Spain one to one, which for the most part looks like it's going to secure um, Spain into the next round. Not necessarily, but could. So Germany, a big game against Croatia in order for them to advance. They're going to need a win against Croatia, and they're going to need Spain to beat uh, Japan. So if Japan gets a tie, a draw, or a win, Germany would be out. Um, Spain's got a huge lead on goal differential. They're at plus seven. Germany's at minus seven. So I guess there is a miracle out there where if Germany wins by nine and uh, Japan beats Spain, that would that would get the goal differential in Germany's favor. I don't see that happening, but they got to get past Croatia, and Croatia's a tough team, so the Germans need a win and need some help. In F, it's... um, You've got... Who's on top of that? Um... Sorry, my my internet just went down, or my uh, my phone's acting a little funny here. Sorry, it's not Costa Rica in Germany. It's the or in in Germany's group, it's Costa Rica, not Croatia. Sorry, I read that wrong. Croatia is in Group E. Or sorry, Croatia is in Group F. Uh, with Belgium and Canada, the Canadians 0-2, bottom of that group. Doesn't look like they're going to qualify. Belgium could get in as Belgium is going to need a... So Costa Rica having a, a fairly good showing and have a chance to qualify, and that would be huge for them um, as they need to get by... Did they play Morocco yet? Morocco, they had a big nil-nil draw against Morocco. Um, so Croatia will play Canada. Um, and in that last game, no, Croatia will play Belgium, sorry, in that last game is Morocco will play Canada. That's going to be tough. Brazil already punched their ticket. They're 2-0. and They're up six points. Uh, the Swiss with three, Cameroon and Siberia, or Serbia, one and one each. It's pretty much going to be Brazil and Swiss are coming out of that. So that's um, that should be no problem. Switzerland should be able to... Um, get by in the last game. I guess the Brazilian Brazil is already in with the two victories. So I don't see Serbia being able to take out the Swiss. But if Serbia is able to beat Switzerland, 
they'll get in with four, and Switzerland will go home, and I guess Cameroon might have an outside shot if Cameroon can knock off Brazil. Cameroon's not knocking off Brazil. And then you got Portugal, who's in with six. Ghana right now, again, kind of the similar situation as Group G. Portugal with six points. They're already in. Ghana with three. Looks like they're in. Uruguay and Korea need help. As, again, Ghana and Uruguay. So if Uruguay can somehow knock off Ghana, who's been tough. Um, it would be Uruguay in and Ghana out. And that's our little World Cup roundup. I know I kind of goofed that up a little bit. That's what happens when you're when you're not as tech savvy on your cell phone as you should be. Kind of a lot of waiting for things there, but eh, I'm by myself. Cut me some slack here. So it's that time we're going to get into our, we'll make this a little bit of a, a quick episode. We're going to get into our, um, the hot seat questions. So again, anytime I went solo, I usually ask, I'll ask friends, family, um, athletes, um, coaches, I'll ask questions or if they have any questions, they want to text me some questions for my hot seat. The first one, of course, it's a world cup question. Do I think the U.S. has a chance to make it and win their first World Cup ever? Even make it to their first World Cup? Mm. Hey, you get to the knockout stage, anything's possible. So everybody's got a chance. Once you get there, all 16 teams have a chance. I think they have a chance to beat Netherlands. Again, not a good chance. I'm saying they've got a chance to beat Netherlands. It should be a good, solid game. If they advance from there, you're talking they're in the quarterfinals. They haven't had a chance to really look at who they would who they would face. But if you're getting in when you're getting into the the Spains, the Portugals, the Brazils, uh France, anything's possible in a soccer game. I don't think they have the firepower to compete with the big boys just yet. But again, do I think they have a chance? Sure. They're in the knockout stage. You get that far, all you you got to be in it to win it. And right now they're still in it. So I'm going to say sure. I'm going to hedge. I'm going to say sure. <laughs> I know I'm so definitive here. Question number two. Um, and this one, I kind of, I'm going to cheat and kind of do it myself. I heard somebody ask this question. Um, they asked this question to Detroit Lions players on the Jumbotron during the Thanksgiving game. What's your ideal Thanksgiving plate? If you can only go up one time. Mine, and we did a little bit of this before we did favorite Thanksgiving food, but my plate, obviously, there's got to be turkey. I love dark meat, but I'll take white on there as well, a little of both. Um Slathered in gravy. I love the turkey with the gravy on there. Mashed potatoes in gravy as well. Um, corn. Both corn casserole. Man, give me all kinds. Actually, instead of the regular corn, I'll take the corn casserole. Absolutely. But instead of regular corn, give me creamed corn. Loved creamed corn. So creamed corn, corn casserole, turkey, um, 
mashed potatoes, some stuffing. And it could be either homemade or it could be um, the stovetop doctored up. Just give me some kind of stuffing. So stuffing and, again, all kinds of smothered in gravy, and I'm happy. And then for dessert, pumpkin pie. Slide a little piece of pumpkin pie in, whatever, I'm a pig. Apple pie, put that on there as well. So that's my ideal Thanksgiving plate. Question number three. What movie or TV series are you most anxious or have you been looking forward to coming out? I still can't wait for Ted Lasso. I want the next episode of Ted Lasso to come out, the next season of Ted Lasso to come out. Cannot wait. Um, I know filming got delayed or, or it got delayed on their release. Supposed to come out in supposed to come out in August, then it was supposed to come out in November. Now I think it's gonna come out early in twenty twenty three. But man, get those episodes out. I wanna see how it finishes if this is in fact its last episode or last season. I love that series. And I'm going to kind of build on that one season or one series that I've gotten into recently um, streaming it on Peacock is uh, Young Rock. Surprisingly really cool. Um, Obviously goes in the bio. uh, I love how they build it off of um, Dwayne Johnson, how he was when it deals with him as a kid, deals with him as a high schooler, deals with him as a just starting out wrestler. Then of course he's in it as um, 10 years into the future. I think he's running for president. That's where the first season starts. It's uh it's really cool. And, and, and it's been fun to see some of the old wrestlers, a lot of old wrestlers that they brought in like the iron Sheik, Andre, the giant, um, a young Vince McMahon, um, Young Randy Macho Man Savage has been really cool. So that might be my new uh, favorite series that I've gotten into, Young Rock. Um, It's on NBC, and then it's streaming through, excuse me, streaming through the Peacock Network or Peacock Streaming Service. So that's question three. Question four. Um, As the indoor season starts, what's your... What's something you're not looking forward to the indoor season, indoor track and field season? I love coaching indoor. I think it's a lot of fun. It definitely is a long season. Anytime you're coaching any sport during the winter, whether it's um, swimming for the guys, um, uh, basketball, indoor track, uh, rifle club, bowling, whatever indoor sport you're coaching, indoors, the indoor season, the winter season, is just a long season, whatever the sport is. So <laughs> I'm not looking forward to by the end of the season where you're just you just you're you're ready for it to end. But man, those road trips to Houghton are gonna be long. <laughs> so I'm not looking all that forward to the long Houghton trips on the bus, the bus rides. When you get to the the, the Houghton meets, they're very well run. Um, Houghton does a great job of accommodating us. Section 6 does a good job of running everything, making sure um, everything goes smoothly. But, um, yeah, those those I'm not looking forward to the bus trips. Those bus trips are long. 
especially it's a long day coming back from those bus trips. And this Saturday starts our first one. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it makes for a long day. Definitely not looking forward to the bus trips. And to wrap it up, question number five. Did you, what did you think about the Sabres retro day, the, the retro jerseys, the black with the goat head? I thought it was cool. I, I didn't get a chance to see um, the entire day. Um, I had, um, in fact, I was on my way out to the Detroit game. So didn't get a chance to see all of it, but saw a little bit of it. Saw some replays of it. Thought they did a great job of it. Thought everything came out cool. I still don't like those jerseys. I know, I know those jerseys were, you know, when the Sabres were rocking and rolling and having some of their best, um, best uh, competitive years of the franchise, but I just, I, I don't like the colors. I don't like the jerseys. I do like how they, they made them, um, they updated them a little bit, but I, I, I love the event. Thought everything came out cool from every, I, I know a few people that went to the game, um, got good reviews. Great. Thought, uh, the Pakulas and everybody, at, um, Sabres organization did a good job with it. I just wish they, I just wish those years were in the blue and gold. Um, but that's just me. And again, uh, Matias Samuelson, welcome back to the lineup. They have been rocking and rolling with him in the lineup again. But, you know, is it going to be one of those years where they're just not quite there? Beginning of the season, I said I thought they'd be fighting for a playoff spot. I'm not backing off that now, even though they came off of a nine-game losing streak, ten-game losing streak, whatever it was. I know they've got a lot of work to do to even get back into the hunt for the playoffs. Um, I still think they'll be competing. I still think this team is going to take their lumps. Um, I still think they can be a high 80, low 90 point team this year, which again, probably not going to get them into the playoffs, but still the, this season isn't hopefully going to be over by the time January gets here. So, that's we're gonna wrap things up here again a little bit of a shorter episode a solo episode today hope i didn't uh hope i sounded okay uh lost my voice here from a little bit of practice and i'm sure from the still still recovering from the detroit game voice wise a lot of screaming a lot of yelling but again make sure you follow us on um, instagram on youtube on facebook at stories from the sidelines And make sure you tune in next week where it will be the Colosimos, Maria and Gianna, and Lola the Tank Norris. So they'll be back for their third appearance on our episode. So make sure you tune in for that and tune in every week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry, and as always, Go Bills!